Good morning. This is Michael's Financial Nuggets podcast with me, Michael Palmer. In the last couple of podcasts, we've talked a good bit about saving. What's the right amount? How to do it? And we're going to start transitioning into more podcasts about what to do with our cash now that we know how to accumulate it. So a little bit more fun conversations. Uh, recently, I've been meeting with a lot of operators that have had a good amount of cash sitting in their bank account. And you know they've gone from multi-unit or they've received ERC or they've paid off their house and just don't know what to do next. Regardless, they have a lot of cash sitting in the bank. And yes, a lot of cash is in the bank is a relative term, but it inevitably leads to the question from me to the operator, what's the amount of money you always want in cash? Now, typically I get some sort of variation of I'm not sure or I haven't really thought about it. Or I know I should be doing something else with this, but I like the way this makes me feel, or I just don't know what to do with all of it. So let's talk through all of this today. Generally, the amount of cash in the bank is relative to a family's burn rate. And by burn rate, I mean the amount of money it takes your family to live every month. Groceries, mortgage, utilities, gas, date nights, country club, golf, your normal monthly expenses. And we typically want three to six months of this burn rate sitting in cash. As business owners, I tend to lean heavier towards that six-month cushion more than the three months since income can be somewhat unpredictable at times or at least varies from month to month. And depending on how the rest of your balance sheet looks, we might even want 12 months. In other words, if most of your wealth is locked up in retirement or real estate, we probably want to stay even more cash heavy to offset these assets since they are illiquid for the most part. If we're not planning on leaving the money invested for a few years, I would suggest you keep the money sitting in cash in the bank. I know it's not sexy, but it's the right move. We're going to start talking about investing very soon where I'll get into this, but in short, no one can predict short-term movements in the global markets. So if that cash has a purpose to fulfill in the next couple of years, we need it to be the amount we need. I just spoke to a client the other day that is looking to pay for a new house in the next year or two in cash. And even though he's sitting on over a million dollars in cash, we're going to keep him in cash so that money is there when he needs it. Possibly some CDs or something like that. But, but we don't want to have to worry about his money position, that million dollars actually being down to 900000 or anything like that because we cannot control nor predict market movement. And this is a great lead into my next thought here. What is the purpose of cash? Why do we even have cash in the bank? Is it to get a rate of return? No, the purpose of cash is not to get a rate of return. It's to sit there, it's to look pretty, and it's to be available when we need it. Many people get into trouble when they start trying to get fancy with their cash. Currently, some banks are offering over 4% on their savings account, which is great, but I would not suggest chasing rates of return on cash. It's meant to be there when you need it. And yes, I'm aware of structured notes, T-bills, bonds, or any other financial instrument that are sold as safe. But what ends up happening is that we let FOMO or the fear of missing out overtake our brains. And all of a sudden, our neighbor said he or she is getting 4.5% when we're only getting 4.3% or something like this. So allow cash to do its job. Let your other assets achieve rates of return and let cash do its job of just sitting there looking pretty. Okay, rant over on that. Okay, so you have to understand your financial plan or your reasons for planning. Do you have a wedding coming up? Are you paying for a kid's college? Do you need a new car soon? I already used the example of buying a new home, but if you have these types of things coming up, you probably need more than six months of cash sitting in the bank. Should you pay for something all in cash or take a loan? The short answer in this podcast is that I don't know. 
I would have to look at your individual situation. It has to do with interest rates, cash position, other financial planning factors for your future, like depreciating versus appreciating assets or the emotion of debt, different things like that. But regardless, many times people see the interest rate on something increasing or they see the amount of interest they're paying and they just start trying to pay it off as soon as possible. There's no real thought given to the amount of cash on hand nor the actual rate of return on the debt that they are paying off. Think of it like this. Would you rather be debt-free and have zero money in the bank? Or would you rather have $100,000 in the bank and have $100,000 of a student loan as well? There's value and flexibility. The $100,000 in the bank allows you the option of all sorts of things in life. You could buy a beach condo. You could buy a car. You could pay for unexpected medical bills. You can sit there and stare at it. Or you could pay off the debt at any moment. There's value and flexibility. There's also major value in being debt-free. So I can't tell you the correct path on this podcast. So again, if you have specific questions on, on cash versus debt, just reach out and happy to have a conversation about it. So before I start meeting with somebody, what I find most of the time is that most people have paid off their debt with all of their cash and they put all of their extra money into retirement accounts and or real estate, which are illiquid assets. There's a CNBC article, and I'll put it in the show notes, um, that talks about how Americans paid $5.6 billion, that's billion with a B, Americans paid $5.6 billion in early withdrawal penalties from their retirement plans. And I think this was in 2019. So what that means, or for those of you that don't know, if you take money from your retirement account before age 59 and a half, you get hit with a 10% penalty from the IRS. So if Americans paid $5.7 billion on penalties alone, that means we as Americans took out $57 billion in early withdrawals from our retirement accounts. People did not have the flexibility they needed. The old saying of tell God your plans if you want a good laugh, right? We, we can't plan every single thing about our life. We know that things happen, so we always want to keep a certain amount of cash available to us. We also want to build assets that have more liquidity than retirement accounts and real estate. I'm not beating up on retirement accounts or real estate. There's pros and cons to everything. And we just need to build other assets too. So last thing today, there's been a ton on the news about banks this year and specifically regional banks and if they're going to close down or if they're going to make it. For a bank account, you have $250,000 of protection from FDIC. There are some ways to increase this protection by adding a joint owner or opening an account at another bank. And there are some other things you can do too. But pay attention to this if you're keeping more than $250,000 in the bank. Make sure you have a plan around this, or at least you're just um, thinking through what to do with this amount of cash. So wrapping this up today, what's the purpose of cash? It's to be there. Don't get fancy. CDs and money market accounts can be useful in the right situations, but keep cash available and let it do its job. Let your other assets achieve rates of return. And in the coming weeks, we're going to keep talking about investments and where to put cash once we have enough to fulfill its purpose on our balance sheet. So that's all for today. As always, send me questions that you have and don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And I will talk to you again in a couple weeks. Now for the compliance piece, registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, pass OSJ 5280 Carroll Canyon Road, Suite 300, San Diego, California, 92121.
619-684-6400. Securities pay securities products and advisory services offered through past member FINRA, SIPC, financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York, Pass is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian, Westpac Wealth Partners, LLC is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Pass or Guardian. Insurance products offered through Westpac Wealth Partners and Insurance Services, LLC, a DBA of Westpac Wealth Partners, LLC, California Insurance License Number 0L49687. This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that the individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by past Guardian or Westpac Wealth, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. 2023-155-797, expiration 525, Georgia Independent Operators Association, GIOA, is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PASS or Guardian.